welcome to the call like i don't see a podcast where we talk about movies comics games sports and dirty brain music i am gp and with me for today back again he's the co-host of the gaming podcast player two if in the podcast give it up for mc paper stacks is in the building Ew, player two has entered your podcast <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, GP? What's going on, man? How are you? Oh, man, I am feeling fantastic. I'm feeling hopeful, you mm. know? Mm. Uh, we got a lot of really fun video games that are coming out in the last quarter, as, yes. you know, is they are wont to do during the holiday season. Oh, yes. I mean, we got God of War Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. We got Pokemon, got Scarlet it. and Violet. Mm-hmm. Gotta catch them all. We, mm-hmm. we got uh, Callisto Protocol. Oh. We got Crisis Core. We got Sonic oh. Frontiers. Every Ooh. walk of life for the gamers out there. They're being fed right now, mm-hmm. and we're full, and yet mm-hmm. we want more. Yeah, we got to have more. <laughs> got to have more. more. Yeah. <laughs> my week was pretty... <laughs> yeah, let, let me ask you. I'm sorry. I, I thought you were going to comment on my thing. Let me. I feel bad. Like, Cause I don't care of, about you. That <laughs> <laughs> kind of integrated with my week. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How was your week, GP? Oh, I am sincerely interested. I promise. Uh, my, week was, <laughs> my week was pretty chill mode. Nothing grand. I pre-ordered mm. God of War Ragnarok. Okay. The, the launch version. So All right. that day of, I'm ready. I hear amazing things Mm -hmm. i mean i hear on the one hand it's more of the same but i also hear that the same is awesome and it it iterates on everything in a way that elevates it you know i hear kratos moves a little faster a little more fluid Mm -hmm. i hear you know you got your move set from the previous game but things are more complicated and kind of you know beefed up to the next level right so it's going to feel very familiar for fans of the original game and yet it's still giving you more of what you want and feeling fresh which i'm all about right and plus you can't mess up a good thing you know what i'm saying oh so. you totally can and well you we, can we, we, we may talk about that later on but <laughs> yeah <laughs> you can mess, you, you can't mess up a good thing but like if you, if you have the good thing you can make it better put it that way yeah. yeah i would argue that messing up a good thing is why god of war took a break in the first place mm. you know i think you can you can be compelled especially you know in our uh uh profit driven economy you can be propelled to keep making a thing because it's successful long past the point that you have the passion the drive or really mm-hmm. the juice for it you know right. what i mean That's like true. let things end y'all start on the new thing right yeah but no, yep. God of War, it's, it's, in its, it's in its hay, it's in its run. It was clear from the start we were going to get more, and I cannot wait. Yeah, me too, me too, me too. Um, with that, I watched this film called Ambulance, the Michael Bay movie. You ever seen that before? I've seen Amber Lamps, but I have not Ambulance. seen Ambulance. Ambulance. <laughs> I said Ambulance. <laughs> I keep saying it wrong. No, 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 no. You said it right. I just I think did. it's... I. Whenever I think of Ambulance, I always think of... Uh, that uh that remix of black whoa black betty amber lamps <laughs> okay with the guy on the bus so i was like somebody called the amber lamps <laughs> oh okay uh well this is this i don't know if you saw the trailer i think this came out earlier this year mm. and it's about like you know two brothers trying to rob a bank one wife needs treatment for this uh experimental treatment for this disease she has and he needs money Mm-hmm. So he goes to his brother, which is 
Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, I recall yeah. the trailer. It mm -hmm. gave me speed vibes. Yeah. You know? It's, it's, it's like that, but just Michael Bayed up. <laughs> yeah. It's, but just all within the ambulance. So I was watching this film and I was just paying attention to the dialogue. It's traditional Michael Bay dialogue, but mm. it's different writers. So why is it still that Michael Bay dialogue if it's different writers? It's like three different writers in this written this movie yeah you know, the the process of making movies is interesting because mm -hmm. you know you have your initial screenplay right? right and then depending on which director gets it and then which writers are on set you know which rewrites they do the input from the actors the input from the studio that's funding the movie mm -hmm. the original screenplay can look a lot different from the finished product right so while michael bay didn't write this because he is you know, considered an auteur and he knows it, you know, often he wants the whole plate. <laughs> like, yeah. so he'll step in and go, uh, say it like this, <laughs> or, right. or maybe just say this instead. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I can totally see that happening on the set of one of his movies. I was hoping for the Michael Bay, just the director's direction instead of just that whole, the, just the whole dialogue. Cause like his dialogue makes the scene feel not real. You know what I'm saying? Like they, they're in a mm -hmm. critical situation, high octane action, and then they make these weird jokes. Like, I don't yeah. know. It just don't make any sense. Yeah, it's like the the Joss Weedification of mm -hmm. all of our action movies. You can't have a serious moment because, right. God forbid, we feel something. Got to put some irony or jokes in there. I, you know what? I mean, we were talking about the. I mean, actually, we talk about a lot on my show whenever we talk about directors that we feel like should maybe share some of the load. Like Zack Snyder is one. I mm -hmm. think he does really good action set pieces, and you and I have probably spoken about this. Yeah. But then when it comes to like the uh, emotional moments that connect those scenes that make the action have impact, mm -hmm. he doesn't do so hot, at least no. in my opinion, right? No. And so, yeah, Michael Bay, I mean, you can argue, you know, whether it's your, your cup of tea or not, that when it comes to big bombastic action sequences, like he has an eye for an interesting way to frame it, right? right. Uh, but like you said, when it comes to the interpersonal dialogue, it can get a little, you know, ridiculous and mess with the, the, the tone of the movie, mm -hmm. the tone of the story you're trying to tell. Right. Completely agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, all in all, that was my week... Uh... For this week would you recommend ambulance i would for you know if you're not doing anything <laughs> you bored you know, if you bored yeah i would it's like it's not it's not like a a, a bad film like mm -hmm. but if you if you watching it it's on i think it's on amazon prime so you can okay. watch it for free if you have amazon prime but, i need to watch house of dragon that's what I need oh, to watch. Yeah, AD watched that whole. He's a Game of Thrones fan, so he. Yeah, he I know that show. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I know. He, he, a few other folks talking about, it's got me kind of excited about mm -hmm. it. Um, and there's another show we're going to talk about, obviously, that I'm really excited mm -hmm. about. People need to watch too. But mm -hmm. yeah, just good TV all around. What yeah, a time to be alive! What a time! What a time! <laughs> what a time. <laughs> all right, MC, time mm. to get angry. Mm. The frustrations out with call it out. I gotta call it out with the quickness, the quickness. Things I hate with all sincereness. Now hear this. I'm gonna call out this week bringing your damn kids to horror movies, to the theater. 
That's not we was talking about it last night because we were watching the Barbarian. They were talking about their experience in the theater. My right. friends that went to go see it, and then I thought about when I went to go see Us, and there was like babies in the theater yelling at the screen. I'm like, what? Mm. Get them kids out of here! Oh my. Get the kids out of here! They bring those kids to the most goriest. <laughs> I know. Like, look, I am definitely a more. I don't know, non-traditional parent, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I cuss around the kids, I don't care if they cuss, but mm -hmm. like, my, my six-year-old son, he knows not to do that around his grandmother or at school because it offends people. Right. And he actually, surprisingly, is very mature about it. Mm -hmm. You know, he when he's around other people, he just goes, oh, biscuits. And I'm like, you know what, that's acceptable. <laughs> biscuits it is, buddy. You know, like, he, he has a, a level of empathy that... Once he understands the reason behind why a lot of people don't want him to engage in certain behavior, he, he right. rocks with it, right? Yeah. And I can actually take him to a theater and he'll sit there and be quiet. I'm very blessed in that respect. Right. However, when I took him to his first movie, which was Into the, Into the Spider-Verse, mm, I was nice. fully, yeah, fully prepared to get up immediately and walk out with him if he made a peep and I couldn't get him to, to, to quiet down, right? right? Mm -hmm. And I don't understand why people not only bring kids, they bring babies, mm -hmm. and the babies start crying. And not only, I mean, first of all, you shouldn't be there. This is not a necessary thing. If you mm -hmm. can't find a babysitter, don't go to the damn movie. That's the sacrifice you make as a parent. Why you got to let everybody else in here who paid upwards of 20 bucks, they got popcorn, they out here trying to have a good day, right. and they got to listen to your baby cry. Okay, exactly. I get if it's on an airplane, because maybe you got to go somewhere. But a movie theater, get the hell out of here. <laughs> and, then, and then once they start crying, they just stay there. Like mm -hmm. it's all good. Like it's your living room. Right. I'm calling out right now. <laughs> Stop taking your damn kids to the theater if they don't know how to act. And if and if you were just, you know, if you were trying it out, then get your ass out of the theater once they do start to act up. That's all I'm saying. Right. Okay. Call yeah. it out. I'm so Call angry. Ooh. <laughs> Man, uh, that, that reminds me of AD would know about this when years ago when the Ted movie came out. Mm. Me and him went to go see it and we was like, um, there's a lot of kids in its movie theater yeah. and, and we kept looking at our ticket we was like ted 20 20 is the uh the name of the theater room mm. ted 20 kids rated r rated r <laughs> ted 20 <laughs> like, we kept making that joke throughout the movie because every time we hear a uh, laugh at a joke you hear uh, either a baby cry or a kid laugh like he, does he even know that joke it's a yeah. yeah, it's one of those type of things, but uh, yeah, <laughs> he's getting frustrated already. Oh, yeah, it's okay. not about the content, it's right. about the fact that they're ruining the experience for everybody else. Raise your kid how you want to raise him, that's fine. Yeah, just keep him out of my viewing. Yeah, that's all I'm if, if he ain't supposed to be in a place like that, watching something like that, get him out. Simple, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, if if again. There are all different types of kids. If mm -hmm. your kid is chill, if they just sit there, and you want to traumatize them by going to see a you know a, a viewing of Silence of the Lambs, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> that's a problem we'll deal with in twenty years when he's I murdering be, people. But for now, <laughs> I would be surprised if that kid just stayed quiet throughout something like that. That's yeah. kind of tough. <laughs> My mother actually took me to see the Silence of the Lambs when I was young. Because when it young? came out, I was like 10. 10? Okay. And I just remember, like, at one point, I just stopped looking at the screen and I just yeah. leaned down and waited for it to be over. And I'm like, yeah. why am I here? Right. <laughs> <laughs> You Mom. know what? That actually explains a lot about me psychologically. I need to go talk to my psychiatrist about that. Give me a moment. Like, Ma, you remember that time you brought me to see Silence of the Lambs when I was 10? And that's why I have a cocaine habit. <laughs> <laughs> oh god 
<laughs> yeah, the heroin scares away Buffalo Bill, Mom. Thank you. <laughs> He's not revealing himself, crossing his legs. <laughs> Would you fuck me? <laughs> I'd fuck me so hard. I don't know what that means. I'm a child. <laughs> Uh, be like, look, I didn't have a babysitter, okay? I really wanted to see this movie. <laughs> she legit did. I'm like, this is child abuse. I'm pretty sure. Like, I don't know a whole lot. I don't know much. <laughs> I know I shouldn't be here. Right. <laughs> Poor me. <laughs> All right. My calling, my calling out for this week. Um, I've been seeing a lot of this recently. Uh, maybe one video came in my feed and, you know, same one follows after that. Okay, mm-hmm. I've been watching videos of people doing dumb stuff, but like setting up their live on the phone to like get a right position and do whatever activity that follows. Like, okay, um, one video in particular, they had this guy, he set up his phone to do a live of him carjacking a car. Wow. And the police is chasing him. And somehow he crashes. He can't drive. Somehow, <laughs> somehow he crashes. Surprise, surprise. He crashes, and he and the, and the police have him um, telling him to put his hands up because this is a um, um, a convertible, so they can mm. see him. They mm. tell him to put his hands up, and he has the the phone on dashboard talking about. I'm about to put my hands up. Okay, let me let me turn my live off first. Let me turn my live off first. I'm looking at this. I'm like. So are you doing this for the live? You doing this for our audience? He ain't doing it to stay alive because when the exactly. cops have a gun on you, that's right. when the live stays on. And there was a lot of you can hear him in the background. Put your hands up. Oh, All of that. Like, like, and he's worrying about turning his live off. Yeah. That's I, wild. I just, that yeah. reminds me of Strange Days. It's kind of like a brain dance. We're going to talk mm-hmm. about that later. But mm-hmm. like, yeah. you know, like when you film a crime for somebody else's entertainment, right. like, holy shit, dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They film anything in cyberpunk, but yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just didn't get that. Then there's another one where this kid, she had to be like eight or seven years old. Mm. And she sets her phone up and gets in the car and, and tries to act like she's driving. She accidentally put it in reverse, and the mom had to hurry up and jump in the hop in the car to stop her. Oh, and she man. said, what are you doing? And then the mom looked at the phone. You're filming this? And then turned the phone off. Like, mm-hmm. it's just situations like that I don't understand. Is people doing this just for an audience? Like, I, I just don't get today. You got to do stuff for an audience nowadays or what? Yeah. That's the age we live in, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about it. We've already colonized the entire earth. What's left to colonize? Right. Our attention. Exactly. Our time. Keeping our eyes on something. And what captures your attention more than controversy or mm-hmm. conflict? That's true. And the algorithm knows it. They know that you don't approve it, but they know you won't look away. <laughs> That's true. And as long as people keep looking, people are going to start making con. I mean, it's, uh, you guys go over these challenges on this mm. show all the time. All the Tide time. Pod challenge, the milk crate challenge. Yeah. Yep. People are out here desperate to find a way to get that clout because that actually can be translated into monetary gain. And it's a little sad, but that's just that's how, that's that's where we're at right now, man. But it's like those was like. 
it's getting to the point to where it's like dangerous. Oh, it's past the point of danger. It's past but... the point of dangerous. <laughs> but these these <laughs> these videos is like f- like for what is the is the question? Is the for whatness? I understand like challenges. You try and do this, and you fall and hurt, hurt yourself and all that. But like, dude, you about to you about to get shot up. You worried about turning your life off? You know what I'm it saying? It is a sickness. <laughs> it is a sickness in Uganda and America, <laughs> especially America. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is a sickness <laughs> for sure. Well, yeah, that's my call it out for the week. That's a good call it out mm-hmm. for sure. Stop yeah. it! Hey, stop it! Stop <laughs> it! Stop! <laughs> All right, first story. Here we go. Mm, okay. In Rome, Padilla International Hospital, a 35-year-old jazz player underwent brain surgery while fully awake playing the saxophone. A team of ten surgeons kept the patient, only known as GZ. Awake mm-hmm. for nine hours of surgery. Future co-host. Future co-host, possibly. GZ. <laughs> to allow them to navigate brain function while they work to remove a brain tumor. Mm. Now, GZ couldn't feel nothing because he was under local anesthesia. Mm-hmm. He had a playlist of the 1970s film Love Story theme song and the Italian national anthem. Probably had a few others because that surgery was yeah. nine, nine hours. hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had. Ooh, that's just a few. That's just a couple. That's a concert for your ass, right, right. there. Right, exactly. <laughs> the surgeons learned the compositions in depth before the operation to see if they notice a wrong note, abrupt mm. pause, or change in rhythm that indicates to avoid a certain area of the brain. This whole thing is weird, but very interesting. Yeah, so apparently the tumor was located in a place in his brain that would affect his motor function, mm-hmm. especially his timing and his ability to recall that skill specifically. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a live kind of concurrent way, you know, like if you if you snip the wrong wire or you touch the wrong part of the brain and he shits right. himself, you're like, oh, well, I'm not touching that again. Like a bomb, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, I read in the article, too, that because he was left-handed, it was especially difficult to operate in that part of the brain because most of the models and the understanding we have of that brain is from a right-hand perspective, mm-hmm. and that does bear an impact. Yeah. Speaking of that, man, what's wrong with, what's wrong with the, uh, the world hating left-handed people? I'm left-handed. Was what? Yeah, y'all gotta have the you know you gotta have a balance for left-handed people and right-handed people. People fear change. They they fear representation somehow takes away support for them. I guess mm-hmm. you know people didn't even think that left-handed was a thing. It, it you know back back when they there was rising support for it. I find this interesting. Um, you'll see like the number of left-handed people just kind of skyrocket. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, wait a second. All these people can't be left-handed. But it's right. just like, well, yeah, they feel like they're okay to, to identify as left-handed because they're not being forced to be right-handed. Mm-hmm. Kind of reminds me of a social issue going on right now, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Makes you think. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, uh, to me, this whole story... Mm-hmm. To perform a concert during brain surgery, I found that to be very open-minded. That, that's <laughs> <laughs> very open-minded. That got to be guy's the openest like, minded <laughs> One guy's like, I can play my saxophone blindfolded. And then I was like, oh, you can hang me upside down. I'll play my saxophone. This dude was like, hold my brain. Yeah, <laughs> open my head up. Watch me play. <laughs> oh, man. And, and 
I, I was looking into this. These types of surgeries are performed all the time specifically yes. for that reason. And people yeah. do, they do everything from like playing guitar to singing. Let me ask you a question because I thought about this when I was reading the article. Mm -hmm. uh, what would they have you do if they had to perform surgery in a critical part of your brain? What you know, would you need to do? You know, this is hilarious because I already had this in a note saying that we was going to be playing a video game. Yes, <laughs> right? Yeah. I, I I was thinking the same thing. I was like, I would have to be streaming a video game that mm -hmm. I'm super familiar with, so that yeah. way I can give commentary on it and play it. Yeah. And as soon as they're like, oh, this guy's name? What what is this guy's name? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, oh, get out of that part of the brain. Oh yeah, now I remember. This guy's name is Bob. <laughs> you play it again. You like yeah, the Cyberpunk twins. Oh, I'm sorry. Keanu Reeves. <laughs> I loved him in Titanic. Whoops. Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> That actually would have been a better movie if he was in Titanic, though. Yeah, you think so? I think instead so. of uh, instead of hmm, that would have been wild. Uh, but I think, think I think you got to change up the whole cast, not just Keanu. Though I was gonna say like who's playing Billy Zane, who's playing Kate Winslet. Like right. hmm, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's wild. Mm -hmm. It's wild to think about. When you know, you know what? We're long overdue for a Titanic remake. That's my uh, that's MC Paperstack's hot take of the week. Mm. More Titanic, please. Titanic remake. <laughs> But would it be um, James Cameron again? No. No? No. Okay. No, we need somebody new. We need somebody fresh. Okay. I can Give see me that. a new director. Okay. Michael Bay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 100%. Written by Quentin Tarantino, directed by Michael Bay. Oh, my Fucking God. Fucking cinematography by Zack Snyder. Let's oh just my. blow the roof off this Man. bitch. I love Man. it. <laughs> Let's go. That's a high. That's a high movie right now. <laughs> high price. High price. Um, I wonder. Oh, all, oh, oh, also all black cast. Uh, <laughs> Ryan Coogler does the writing. Pisses everyone off. Love it. <laughs> Man, that's a movie I want to see. Yes, um, please. All the black all stars. Um, this gotta be so weird for both the patient and the doctor, though. It's like. Yeah, like the doctor have to focus while listen to all of that, all of that saxophone playing. For Beautiful saxophone, hours. great saxophone. And there was a video out, like a minute video of him playing the saxophone while they in his brain. But uh, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just gonna mention that. What's wild is I listened to the video before I heard what the songs were, mm -hmm. and I was like, I was listening to him play the saxophone, and I was like, "Dance with the Devil" by Immortal Technique. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I was like, "Oh shit, he's a mm -hmm. fan." And then I realized that. Uh, Immortal Technique actually sampled Love Story when he made that song. Right, I was like, right, right. oh, yeah. of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was like, well, sample some of the samples. You can find a sample from somewhere that'd be like, oh, this new, but no, it's old. I just love the idea of hip hop saxophone during a brain surgery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I want just <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> brain surgery ain't nothing to fuck with. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's, that's, I'm trying to figure out with this, like when he's blowing into the saxophone, like is he is is blood just gushing out of? I don't I don't want to be too graphic, but like no, I, I know what you mean. I I don't feel I feel like they wouldn't pick an activity that would cause that to happen. Although vacuum hoses are on standby. True, so. <laughs> they, they had to have like at least eight of them because it was like ten ten surgeons all together plus probably like 19 nurses, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So Yeah, uh, just, hey, it fell out. Scoop it up and put it back in. I don't yeah. know what to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, thank goodness for the sheet on that video. I didn't want to see the whole thing. It yeah, was yeah. wild. Yeah. It was we, just surreal. Right. For sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, super surreal, man. It's weird though. Like it's just mm-hmm. I don't know if I could do that. Like I would be like if I had to have that surgery, I don't know if I could be able to play the video game and like just have my mind <laughs> focus on the game while they have their hands in my mind. <laughs> it's scary. It's right. really scary. Yeah. But it would give you the opportunity to make an entire team of surgeons learn mm-hmm. your favorite video game. Right. They'd have to all play it because they'd have to know if you're fucking up. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He's on level eight. Um, I'm gonna need you guys to be become masters at Halo, like stat. Okay. Yeah. We need to do this brain surgery next week. So here's your Xbox. I need to learn some online gameplay. Okay. I need you to learn what teabagging is, what griefing is. Okay. Need you to learn all the terms. I want to know how his brain moves when he taunts a player. I want to know. <laughs> I want to know how he feels when he got to respond back to the original location he don't want to be in. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> now, see, this is a good example of somebody probably trying to do a live. This would be a good live. Yes, like a like a, a Twitch stream. Right. In fact, uh, why isn't there a popular surgeon out there right now on Twitch just cutting into brains every day? Right. <laughs> probably the, because like if the game, yeah. i mean the added level of pre- think about it you, you stream mm-hmm. i stream we mm-hmm. all stream for twitch stream um <laughs> if you <laughs> think about how much more poorly you play a video game while you're catering to an audience especially mm-hmm. if you have people in in chat right because for me like i always wondered when i first started watching lps let's plays for the layman's out there mm-hmm. if why the people playing them were so bad i'm like they just told you that you press a to do that why do you not know that it's over there in the left how can how come you can't see it and i'd be screaming at my screen if i was intimately (laughs) familiar with the game that they were playing but then i go and stream and i'm like oh it's because it's hard there's a portion of your brain your brain real estate that's taken up by the fact that you have an audience right and that plus you're catering also, to. like you know, there's the audience is now playing the game, so they can bear off and look wherever they want to. Exactly, their brain is just entirely focused on what's in front of them, rather right. than all of this side shit. Mm-hmm. And you know, you're like, okay, is my levels good? Did Twitch boot me? Is my computer still running? Is the console fine? Am I saying funny things? Should I comment on this? Okay, what do I do next? You got all these things going, and then if you have an LP with like other guests, then they're talking to you. You got people in chat that you're looking at. Like mm-hmm. it gets intense. You know yeah. what I mean? Yes, it does. Yeah. So maybe that's why they don't do it. <laughs> I'm like, you're going to Twitch stream, not you're going to go Twitch stream my brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't Twitch no. stream my brain. I don't think so. <laughs> don't brain dance on me. <laughs> don't, don't go streaming my brain. <laughs> I won't go streaming your brain <laughs> unless you want me to. <laughs> unless you want me to. I don't. Please. <laughs> All right, let's call it right then and there on that. Well, call it then. Next story. Here we go. Oh, Mm. man. A man formerly known as the dirtiest man has died after he was finally talked into showering. Aman Haji gave up washing his body 67 years ago after becoming convinced that it could bring him bad luck or even kill him. Mm. And sadly, he died after actually showering. One day, someone I convinced him to finally shower, so he was like, "All right, I guess." It but um, oh, I was gonna say this one's gonna be hard for me, GP. I want to be one, funny, but this story is so sad. This like, one is, it is. Uh, but uh, you, yeah. you know how they convinced him to shower? No, 
They told him it would help him win more friends. He don't. He, bruh. But he 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 didn't. He was fine without it. Bruh. He didn't. He did it for friends. Oh man. Come on, man. Come <laughs> I'm on. I'm gonna cry. Come on, man. Like, you for friends, Uncle Haji. I'll be on. your buddy. <laughs> it's kind of weird because he was. They had documentaries about this guy. Yeah. I don't think he needed to watch to be fr- to have friends. Well, here's it the thing. like fascinating people was trying to trying to study him so i guess i don't know no no i mean he he definitely got a lot more popular after those documentaries mm-hmm. and the people in his local village did support him right however uh let me see i wrote this down because i thought this was um yeah so following the documentaries uh, the international public publicity had made life difficult for them. Mm-hmm. His neighbors respected him, but a lot of people would turn up occasionally to taunt him, even throw rocks at him, or try mm. to drag him off and forcibly wash him. He's rolled out of a moving car trying to escape men who were going to throw him in the river. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it, it's it's not all sunshine and rainbows with this guy, and that's what makes me feel so bad. They even alluded to like a traumatic event in his childhood, which mm-hmm. caused him to go down this road in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. <clears throat> this is what I don't understand. Like, why? Why would they? Why the people was so strut into trying to bathe him? If they, I, I like to think there's good intentions because if you think about it, like, there's no reason that he should have been healthy. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, it wasn't just that he was dirty. Mm-hmm. Uh, they well, said yeah. they said that he actually did other stuff like he he would eat raw roadkill right Mm -hmm. he drank from stagnant puddles Mm -hmm. uh when he ran out of tobacco he would stuff dry animal excrement in his pipe and smoke that Mm. Uh, a doctor actually examined him and did determine that he had trichinosis parasitic paras he they did determine that he had parasites basically trichinosis Mm -hmm. uh but it wasn't causing any symptoms and that his immune system had developed to be so strong that's just from dirt. being around all of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that that's kind of what kept him healthy, which begs the question that maybe it messed with his immune system to get washed after mm-hmm. all that time. Who knows? I th- yeah, I think he developed um, abilities with dirt. I think he, at the time, after it just grew up on him. I guess he had an actual idea of becoming staying this way, but not the scientific, you know, other problems yeah. that would fall behind it. So we all do what works for us. But yeah, he yeah. definitely formed like a symbiosis with his filth. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't recommend it. I don't think we can all just do it on a humbug. I think no. most people would die doing what he did. But yeah. he somehow found the right formula and got lucky, right. I, you know, quote unquote. and i mean one of the worst part is is like he actually was kind of a deep dude there was a lot of people who would visit and discuss you know current events and world history the Mm -hmm. french revolution the russian revolution he had a lot of deep shit to say Mm -hmm. probably could have written a few books um it's it's i don't know it's just sad to me i read the thing and i wanted to be jovial about it and make Mm -hmm. jokes and i can't i can't find a joke in this it's sad i i I can't (laughs) i I was gonna say he reminds me of dirty d from pootie tang oh no not dirty d (laughs) they washed him too (laughs) exactly you know what i'm saying like everybody want to wash the dirtiest person like let leave the dirtiest person be let them be dirty let them live that dirty life I, guess. I don't know about all that. 
I was saying, like, okay, so he. Had I don't like want a, my son to listen to this and go. So you don't want me to wash right. my ass? No, no he wash no, your no, ass. I was for saying, sure. like, like in his in this particular person's situation, he mm-hmm. was living on the outskirts alone. Yeah, he had his own tut. Like, I'm not saying like me of all people just just be dirty around my family and friends and all that stuff <laughs> and see what happens. But I'm saying like for somebody who's a loner and who's likes to be alone. And if you want to do that, you can do that. But I don't get why people from from the village way off on this side is coming to his territory wanting to just wash him up. That's, that's what's, that's what's wrong. Yeah, that's what's wrong. Uh, I'm going to remind everybody gently to go out and vote. We got midterms <laughs> coming up next week. I already yeah. voted early. early. There are votes, a lot yeah. of people on the ballot that are trying to make decisions for us that are taking away freedoms for us to have access to things in mm-hmm. the in the frame of giving us more freedom like you should have the freedom to teach your kids about things which is why we're going to take diversity and initiatives out of school mm-hmm. you should have the freedom to decide what you want to do with your body which is why we're going to take that choice away from you like people just figure things out for themselves and think well if it works for me it's got to work for somebody else and they will go to great terrible lengths mm-hmm. to impose that upon you and yeah. i'm not about it mm-hmm. and yeah. it killed this man unfortunately mm-hmm. yeah it so, did. there's a lesson in that mm-hmm. rest in peace uncle Hodge. rest in peace rest in peace buddy do you uh want to call it right then and there on that i think we should do a very solemn call it okay we'll call it then. <laughs> okay all right hold on mc it's time for quick bits. <laughs> what we talk about real news, real fast. I, I was waiting for that. I, it is still funny. Here Cue we the go. Sonic spin. <laughs> um, I'm gonna butcher her name. I always do. Uh, oh, no. Lapita Nyon. Uh, close enough. No. Yeah. <laughs> Has been cast in a Quiet Place spinoff, A Quiet Place Day One. Hmm. My yeah, my like a prequel. Yeah, well, they didn't they do that in the, the sequel. <laughs> yes, the sequel. Didn't they do that? I in didn't the see the sequel. I only saw the first film. Oh, sorry, I spoiled a little bit. Well, it's yeah, all it's it, all good. It's not yeah. that big of a spoiler, but all right. <laughs> uh, did you, you saw the second one? Obviously, did yes. you like the angle they took with the uh, the origin story? Yes, for that family. Okay. Yes. That, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I enjoyed. That. Okay. But, yeah. Yeah, but I don't know if you need a spinoff. It's just a. It's just going to be a different family. I know I need Lapito to be in more movies, so uh, yeah. I am 100% behind this, mm-hmm. even though maybe, like you said, is it the story we asked for? No. Right. But is it the story we need? Probably. Yeah. I got to see the movie. <laughs> I got to just see the movie. Definitely. Yeah. All right. Next quick bit. <laughs> Henry Cavill is back as the Man of Steel in future DC movies. Yes. Yes. Are you excited? I like Henry Cavill as a person. Mm-hmm. I think he is director dependent. So depending on who helms the project that brings him back, it could be great. Mm-hmm. I don't like his slash Zack Snyder's interpretation of Superman up to this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's all I'm going to say on that. Okay. Yeah, I think it's. I don't think it's going to be. I, I wonder who the director going to be now. I don't know. That's, that's that's toughy right there. I don't know. They they really God. They want so bad to have an extended universe, and mm-hmm. I don't think that they should. I think 
so many people have tried and failed to imitate what the MCU has done, and I think it's because they think the very concept of having an extended universe is the uh, recipe for success. Mm-hmm. And I would contend that it's Kevin Feige that is the recipe for success, and y'all just right. need to do your own thing. Yeah. And I honestly, the one-offs in the DC universe, mm-hmm. Joker, we got Constantine coming back. I'm fucking psyched about that. Mm-hmm. Constantine is a movie, you know, the, the original Keanu Reeves film, that has really aged well with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever Batman comes out and just does his thing, especially like the first film in a reboot, it always crushes it. Just do one-offs, y'all. Mm-hmm. Why do we have to have an extended universe for DC? DC could be the gritty older brother of the comic book universe where they just do like one-off, serious, dramatic, crazy-ass films and let, you know, MCU be the more family-friendly whatever. I don't care. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But they they can't do both, though, because, you know, DC is, DC is number one over Marvel with their Elseworlds in the comics. Like, they do... yeah. That's true. <laughs> they do all. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. You could take you could take any large comic book studio and look through right. their catalog, and all you could right. find every genre under the sun. True. I just feel like you know grabbing a director with a vision and with passion, somebody interesting, mm-hmm. giving them one of the properties, and going, "Let's see your inter- interpretation." Go. Like if if there was a bunch of different, like an anthology almost of a bunch of different takes on Batman, I'd mm-hmm. watch that shit. Oh, you know me what too. I mean? Me too. Yeah, for sure. Kind of like they so, did with the uh, animated, those animated movies. Yeah, yeah, same character, but they all had different animation styles. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I think that was the what was it, the Dark Knight? I can't remember. There was um, there was an animated Batman film, but I can't remember the name of the film. I the uh, Gotham Knight Knights. Returns. I think it was Gotham Knights. Gotham Knights. Yeah. And it was an anthology, kind of like Love, Death, and Robots, but it was mm-hmm. all about Batman, Batman. And, or, or like, you know, Animatrix. There was a different animator for each story, and mm-hmm. so you had a very different vibe. Right. Let's just do that but with DC in general. That's what I want to see. Mm. Okay. All right. It's not a very quick bit. Quick bits! Uh, not, <laughs> not very quick bit. Oh, I got a side bit, too. Um, oh. Side bits! How do you feel about, well, since he's Superman now, He's going to be out of The Witcher. But also, he'd been having problems with the writers of the yeah. show. I spoke about this at length with Panda Fox on my most recent episode of Player Two has entered the podcast, uh, mm-hmm. Gaming News Edition, the last two weeks. We discussed it. I don't like it. I'm very pissed. I mm-hmm. hate it. Uh, I think Henry Cavill was a big fan and he brought a lot of passion to the role, which surprised right. me, to be honest. Yeah. But to learn that the showrunners don't like the source material how, doesn't how surprise me. How do you don't like the book? How do and you hire somebody that don't like the book? Right. How do you hire somebody that don't like the damn book? Exactly. Like, Does somebody lie? Somebody <laughs> had to lie. Somebody. I just can't see Netflix going, okay, we got a room full of potential writers. Who here loves the book? Yeah. Who here hates it? You're hired. <laughs> yeah. Somebody like I like Lord of the Rings. I'm gonna put some Lord of the Rings in this. I'm gonna I'm gonna act like I <laughs> like The Witcher and bring some yeah, Lord of the Rings stuff in it. They added so much stuff out of whole cloth and really threw off like the pacing. I feel mm-hmm. um, because again, I'm such a big fan that I was able to recognize and pick apart moments in the first two seasons that I liked. But overall, I was kind of like eh about the show mm-hmm. and the direction it was going. And apparently, I was right to think that because here we are. Right. Especially so that I'm not even sure. Yeah, I'm not even sure if I'm going to watch the third season and Henry Cavill's in it, just because I know that it's going to lead into the fourth yeah. with a completely recasted main actor. 
again, this is not the first live action representation of Geralt, but it is definitely the most well known at this point because mm-hmm. a lot of them has been a lot smaller. So when everybody thinks of Geralt live action, they think of Henry Cavill. Right. And to not even like go from from one series to another, but within the same series, you're going right. to switch the actor. It, that's a bad move. It's a bad yeah. call. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be successful. Yeah, I think they should just put it on hiatus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yep. they ain't going to do that. But yeah. yeah. Next quick bit. Speaking of DC, Peter Shafran and James Gunn would be the new CEOs of DC Studios mm-hmm. for the DC Universe. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about James Gunn taking over as basically like a uh, Kevin Feige for DC? James Gunn can be a bit polarizing just because of a lot of the stuff that was stretched up in his past in bad faith. But, you know, he did still do some things. I... I'm going to try to stop holding people over the coals over stuff that they did a long time ago and just kind of look at what they're doing currently. Mm-hmm. And currently he seems to be, you know, he's he's learned a lot and he seems to be on the right side. And his work speaks for itself. I mm-hmm. mean, the Suicide Squad reboot, Chef's Kiss. We all talked about it. I think we did a spoiler cast together. Yes, huh? we did. Fucking loved it. Yep. Um, you know, so having him, I think, is going to bring a unique perspective that I think has proven successful in the past. And I'm kind of excited to see what he ends up doing with it. Hopefully he's of the same mindset as me. But again, he's not the one fronting the money per se. So he may have right. to do what the higher ups tell him to do and, and just, you know, yeah. do the best he can with what they order him to do, so to speak. Right. It's, it's those type of things where I got to see what he does. Yeah, no, we're in wait and see mode for sure. Right. But yeah. I mean, it's not an immediate no. Why that guy, you know, yeah. or that gal? It's it's somebody that I think is competent enough to do the job that was assigned mm-hmm. to them. So we'll yeah. see. We'll see. All right, next quick bit. Yeah, yeah. Abdul Mateen, Mateen, yeah, yeah. Abdul Mateen, the sure. second is set mm-hmm. to play Wonder Man in the MCU in a series on Disney Plus. I have no clue about Wonder Man. I never read none of his comic books. Really? Because of all of the white rage online, I would have thought he was the most popular character in the history of the world. Right. You don't know nothing about no Wonder Man? I don't know nothing about no Wonder Man. <laughs> oh, man. They got all <laughs> kinds of things to say about Wonder Man and how he is not supposed because to be Because he was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's always... That's, that's an automatic with the internet. <laughs> uh, I, I went to comments, man, and I got my fill of the white tears. Oh, mm. it was so good. And half of them don't even haven't even read a. Uh, I know, man. Book. Get the fuck off the internet. <laughs> fuck is wrong with y'all. I'm sick of this shit. <laughs> no, I like the guy though. He played Manta in Aquaman, right? Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, and also uh, Doctor Manhattan, another character. <gasps> oh, in um, the previous uh, series uh, of Watchmen. Yeah, 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 on HBO. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I need to watch Watchmen on HBO. I haven't got around to it. I hear it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I, so. I I, I want to watch it. But I, I always forget to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna get into it. I was just watching a Boondocks retrospective today, and then I was thinking about Regina King, and then mm-hmm. I was just like, oh yeah, fucking Boondocks, y'all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, or uh, Watchmen, I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but no, no. I'm I'm excited. I think I think he could do well. But again, you know, we'll have to wait and see. I have lauded praise on the Disney Plus just for just 
constantly giving us shows. Yeah, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Constantly. Like they mm-hmm. are really throwing money at this thing and mm-hmm. we're all benefiting from it. Yeah. You know, larger implications aside, direct entertainment, like, you know, every month it's like, all right, here comes the new show. Mm-hmm. And it's typically a banger, you know? Yeah. yeah. We're that fresh off just... of She-Hulk. I loved it. Yeah, me too. It's not horrible. Nothing, nothing too bad. No, no, no. No, mm-hmm. some things were, you know, maybe a little bit of a, a, a letdown, but none of the shows were, like, executed incompetently. I can say that at the very least, and a lot of them are very excellent. So right. I assume this will follow suit. Mm-hmm. Next quick bit. HBO, critic- <laughs> <laughs> HBO critically acclaimed show, Westworld, has been canceled. Oh, no. After four seasons. This is another show I haven't watched. I haven't watched any episodes of Westworld. They said no, Domo Arigato. You know what they doing? They 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 kicking that out to bring in The Last of Us. Oh, mm. yeah. The uh, series premiere date leaked. Mm-hmm. January. Right? January. Yeah. 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 Good stuff. Yeah. They're like, let me let's draw all this away because you know this is used. Got something new in here. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, you know what? Maybe it needed to end. I haven't been watching the show, but again, I haven't. You know, been, yeah, it, I haven't been hearing anything like uh, this happening. This, you know, you know how you hear throughout the seasons, mm-hmm. I, like past seasons. I heard like something happened, major happened in Westworld, and now I just don't hear anything about it. I would rather a show ends when it naturally should. If you can't do that, I would rather you just stop. Mm-hmm. And if you can't do that, I would rather you not do what Game of Thrones did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but, well, you know what's messed up is that the producer said like their next season was going to be their last season. Oh, so they were gearing up? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, I am sorry, Westworld fans. But uh, <laughs> I'm again, sorry. I'm not mourning. Again, I was a little like peeved about The Witcher, but I'm not l- mourning the loss of any show because here comes along three shows to take its place. Right. Like yeah. television is like the That's... hydra of entertainment right now. Yeah, <laughs> you cannot exactly. slay it. Right, right. So yeah. unless they find another outlet network, something like that. Yeah, and, and you know, uh, Stranger Things have happened for mm-hmm. sure, and like mm-hmm. literally, Stranger Things has happened on yeah. Netflix. They're they're, they're <laughs> yeah. ending, but they're going to be doing like side stories and stuff. So you know, the shit goes on. You know, what I mean, right. if there's somebody behind it that really wants to put it out, it'll come out eventually. Mm-hmm. So next long quick bit. Lucy TV series spinoff is in the works with Morgan Freeman set to reprise his role from the movie. The average American only Ad- uses 10% of their... <laughs> on average American. The average human being only Ad- uses 10% of the brain. At 45%, Lucy, she controls you. At 32%, the animals, <laughs> the birds, the trees, and all other stuff. You must look inside yourself to get away from Lucy, because she's going to control you soon. Now, <laughs> see here. Annie Dufresne got my back. He's going to go get some shoes, dig his way out 10 miles of feces to get away from Lucy. I'm going to do the same thing. If only Annie Dufresne told me in advance what he was going to do. <laughs> what do you mean I got, to, I got to stop Lucy? All I got to do is stay black and die. <laughs> Stop Lucy for what? What for she what? done? <laughs> what did she do to me? Hmm? <laughs> okay, now he's Denzel. <laughs> I merge. Yeah. Okay, hey, 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 whoa, 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 Lucy. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> hey, hey, Lucy, hey, 
Hey, stay away from me, okay? I don't... Hey, hey, hey. Slow down. Slow down. Lucy? Oh, no, no. She's gonna... She's gonna... She's gonna control us with the brain, man. I'm gonna get my brain. And then I got no fire. I got fire. I don't want to. I don't want to. Earth. Earth. I'm gonna get air. I stopped smoking. I stopped smoking. Lucy, I don't have a light. I don't have a light, Lucy. Every five minutes, I'll bomb or something. Sorry, AD isn't here. I did the best I could. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm trying to bring out this Lucy. Mo the movie wasn't really so much of you know. I, it was. I kind of liked it. You I kind of liked. Yeah, I was one of the few people that liked it. I got the concept because there's a misnomer about like the ten percent of your brain thing that I think a lot of people get hung up on. Mm -hmm. It's not it's not true that you only use 10% of your brain, but it is true that you only use a certain percentage of your brain at a time. Not your maximum, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's based on pseudoscience, but I mean all science fiction is if you're going to nitpick, you know what I mean? And I mean this I mean to draw it back to the connection I just made, the same director directed Fifth Element. Mm -hmm. And I would argue his movies have kind of been on a decline. But Lucy, Lucy was the last one he made that I actually enjoyed. I liked the concept. I think the problem with it was Lucy was was advertised to look like what's that movie with um the guy that took the pill? Matrix? No, uh, Bradley Cooper. Oh, um I know what you're talking about. Uh Limitless. Limitless. It it advertised like Limitless and then Towards the later half of Lucy, it was stuff like starts to get freaky, and I was like, "What's going it's on?" Like Two thousand one, a space odyssey, right? So that's why I was like, "That's what drew me off with Lucy." I think that's actually what drew me in. Really? Yeah, because I, I, I too thought it was going to be more like Limitless, but like mm -hmm. when she, because here, here's the thing: what does most science fiction do when technology exceeds our capacity for understanding or power? It always turns bad, mm -hmm. right? Always. The, the underlying message is technology, bad. Skynet, bad, mm -hmm. right? There are very few movies that actually go in the opposite direction and go, no, actually, the more knowledge you have, the better. Mm -hmm. And while she did transcend past normal human existence, what she did with that power was arguably very positive. Mm -hmm. you know? I mean... Uh, let me point out one specific scene in that movie that really resonated with me, and maybe you'll change your mind about how you feel about this movie. Okay. When she first took the pill and she started to become under the effects of the drug and she was accessing memories that she normally couldn't access, mm -hmm. she immediately called her parents. True. Because she remembered how they cared for her as mm -hmm. a baby. Yeah. I, she, Think, yeah she remembered breastfeeding, being breastfed. And yeah, she joy. remembered... Yeah. All the kisses, all the cuddles, all the times that she was hurt or scared and her parents scooped her up and she cried and she thanked them. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was such a profound moment because it almost felt like the more that she accessed her mind, the more human she became, even mm. in the final moments, because she was trying to find a way to elevate everyone else around her. And there was an empathy that developed within her. Mm -hmm. So again, maybe it wasn't 100% well executed you know it's mm -hmm. definitely not universal the appeal of this movie mm -hmm. but i feel like there are little tidbits like that that you can take from it that really can speak to you if you're if you're willing to uh be open to it right 
Well, later the the first half was 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 good. I was like I was all in for the first half, but yeah, for the action and stuff for sure. Yeah, yeah. When, she's, <laughs> when the black goose start going all over, I was like, what, <laughs> what is going on here? What 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 is going on here, Lucy? Some real ass art film bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last quick bit. Last Woo, quick, quick people. Slow bits. <laughs> slow bit. Last quick of the slow bit. Um. Uh, we talking to sports here. Sports. Uh, Stephen Nash has been fired as the net coach, and also Kyrie Irving has been suspended. Everybody want, knows this for five games. Games. For there we go. Tweeting <laughs> a link to an anti-Semitic film, which was kind of messed up. Ooh, he that's a bad the, look. He pulled the whole uh, Kanye. Did a Kanye. Yeah. Did a Kanye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And that was quick bits. Quick bits. Long bit. Long bit. Real news. Right. It's time to review Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities. The Cabinet of Curiosities. Cabinet of Curiosities. All right. We're gonna start off with the first story. Lot 36. To pay off his debt, a man secures a storage unit filled with mysteries, items to sell, but soon finds himself in a desperate situation. What do you think of the first story? Let me let me scoot back out for just a second. We scoot, jumped in. Scoot, we scoot. jumped in real quick. The water's scoot. still cold. Yeah, I'm, a little, I'm, a li- I'm shell-shocked. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Hold on. Let me get used to it. <laughs> Cabinet of Curiosities. Can mm-hmm. I just say mm-hmm. that this show was made for someone like me? This show, it's an anthology. Mm-hmm. You got a bunch of different tightly written, cool stories. It's mm-hmm. horror. It's, got, it's full of imagination. Guillermo del Toro basically was looking at like other directors and artists that he admires mm-hmm. and like almost collated like a little collection mm-hmm. that he can just present out to the world like have a slice of this right <laughs> you you know and i mean if we want to jump right into it the first episode lot 36 mm-hmm. he this is based on a short story that guillermo de toro wrote actually mm-hmm. yeah and the director guillermo guillermo yeah, man, yeah. I, I have you have a hard time saying some words i have a hard time saying guillermo guillermo <laughs> Navarro, Navarro is the director. Yeah. Now, no relation, I don't think, but he's worked with Del Toro on a lot of stuff. He was mm-hmm. the cinematographer of Pan's Labyrinth, Pacific Rim. He worked on Hellboy. I mean, he's got a long storied career. This first one I thought was a really great way to kick it off because mm-hmm. it already elevates itself as something that's not just a horror short, but like right. there's there's excellent acting. You got mm-hmm. Tim Blake Nelson in it, you know what I mean? Being this kind of like xenophobic right wing like jaded veteran just real mm-hmm. pissed that he went and fought and died for his or, or fought and died he went and fought for his country and he feels like that he's not getting his due right mm-hmm. so he's very he's jaded he's got this big chip on his shoulder yeah. he has a chance to help somebody in the story because mm-hmm. he bought their old storage lot and there's a lot of family photos in there and she was like can i go and get those and he's that was like, messed no, up yeah fuck you take yeah, this that lock was, that was messed <laughs> up. i know it was so cold but yeah. again he 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 takes his heart and he just kind of pushes it out. A lot of mm-hmm. people are like that, right? Right. And then immediately we get into some Cthulhu bullshit, which you know I love. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in the next lot that he buys from this weird old man, 
he finds a seance table, mm-hmm. right? And he also finds some Nazi paraphernalia. So there's links to World War II and their obsession with the occult. Mm-hmm. And when he gets them appraised, he finds a secret cabinet in the table that has these ancient tomes. And a mm-hmm. collector appraises them and says, hey, if you got the fourth tome, which is really rare because once the, the ritual is done, that shit bursts into flames. Mm-hmm. If you got that, I will give you 300 stacks. <laughs> oh, boy. Man. So it kicks off with, you know, the two of them looking for things. And, of course, the main character thinks it's all bullshit. And in the real world, who wouldn't? You know what of I mean? Of course, yeah. Uh, but uh, it, it jumps off. Are we doing spoilers? Well, we, we, well, <laughs> we do it. I guess we were talking. Uh, we was... I'm ruining parts of the story. But I, didn't, I didn't go all in. I didn't go all in. I don't think we're doing a spoiler. We were just going to say what we thought about each Okay. One of them. We yeah. probably should establish that. I think spoilers should have been. My bad. Uh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. That was my fault. Okay. I love. No, no, no. It's all good. I love Lot 36. I thought mm-hmm. it was a solid entry mm-hmm. in the anthology. A great way to kick things off. I love the monster design, if I can say. Mm-hmm. Uh, all around, like, top notch. Yeah, I love the, that monster design, too. Good story. Kind of reminds me of Storage Wars and <laughs> the Exorcism. <laughs> Yeah, a little bit. Kind of mixed yeah. together. I mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Uh, but the acting was top-notch. Nice to oh, see yeah. Tim Blake uh, back in acting. I wanna... Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen him since Buster Scruggs, and he was yeah. arguably the best part of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> also an anthology, actually. Also, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I wonder how he's going to... Well, I don't wonder, but I wonder how he's going to look as the leader in um, Captain America. Hmm. Um, New World Order. That's the name of it, right? I think so. I didn't know he was actually going to be in that, but I'm sure it'll be oh, fine. He's he's a veteran. He's yeah. good stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just wondering how you're going to look with, you know, the leader with the big brain, the big head and all that. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, I, actually, I didn't know he was playing leader. Uh, oh. But uh, I'm sure there'll be a bit of a transformation probably throughout, unless mm-hmm. they just kind of go all in with him immediately changed. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to see. Let's yeah, see. he was in the middle of it in... The Incredible Hulk. Yeah, like the yeah. original one with yeah. Universal. I recall mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, next story. Graveyard Rats. A grave robber eyes the riches of a wealthy new arrival in the cemetery, but must survive a maze of tunnels and an army of rodents to secure them. This is a good one, too. This was, was a real good one. This is directed by Vincenzo Natale, which did Cube and Splice. Mm-hmm. And it's actually based on a short story by Henry Cutner, who, this is true, was mm. a friend of H.P. Lovecraft's and wrote stories adding to the Cthulhu mythos, mm. which is why you see, not to spoil too much, but you see iconography and, and some stuff like later on in the episode mm-hmm. that looks a little kind of Cthulhu-like, if, right. you, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, loved, love, love this episode. Again, great acting. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a funny dark story. <laughs> it was it was definitely more of a dark comedy for right. sure. There were a lot of uh, funny moments, but it was still tense mm-hmm. and scary and very claustrophobic. You know what I mean? Yeah, Which they I did was, a really good job filming, like yeah. making you feel boxed in. Oh, I hate that. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. That's true. For um, sure. Well, Lock Thirty Six. I get. I know you do your different um, rates. Okay. I give it a nine for. Lot 36. Yeah, I'll, I'll do out of five again. Uh-huh. And I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Lot 36 a five. 
I have no notes. I think it was again with shorts. I feel like it's so much easier to, to rate, rate them yeah. perfectly mm-hmm. because what are what's the goal here, right? Right. It's to tell a succinct, interesting story mm-hmm. well, and I feel like they hit all the beats. There's no real fat to trim. Right. You know enough about all the characters to really understand their motivations and where they're coming from, mm-hmm. and you still get. Uh, there's a lot of these episodes, especially my favorite one, where there's horror throughout, which I dig. Mm-hmm. In this one, it just felt more like a human story that took a turn. You know what I mean? And I was right. into that. Yeah, I was into yeah, that. yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I actually thought, well, never mind. I'll talk about it after the show. <laughs> right um, on, buddy. Uh, Graveyard Rats, what do you give that one? I'd give that one a four. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I still think it's great. It's just the story... It didn't frighten me so much as, like you said, felt more like a comedy. Mm -hmm. So while there were definitely tense and uncomfortable moments, I didn't truly feel the horror, but I was thoroughly entertained. Okay. So four out of five for sure. Okay. I gave it, I gave it a 10 because I wasn't expecting certain things to happen towards the later half of the short. Oh, okay. So you were like really surprised by. So I may have been ruined by the trailer because there were certain reveals oh, in that episode that I saw gotcha. on the trailer. Unfortunately, so that okay. might have been what. Don't, don't go into this as blind as you can, people. If you mm-hmm. haven't seen it, oh, yeah. skip to the next part in the show notes. Come back later. Yeah, like you yeah. need to go watch this if mm-hmm. you're a fan of anthologies, good storytelling, horror, or any of the above. And if you want to stick around because you don't like things that are super gory or super scary, we can probably make recommendations about which ones to see. Mm-hmm. I can tell you right now that as far as gore, Lot 36 isn't too bad. Uh, Graveyard Rats definitely has a lot of imagery that I would find very creepy, but it's not super bloody per se. Yeah, but that next one. <laughs> Ooh, hold oh on to your butts. <laughs> yeah, hold on to your butts for sure. <laughs> hold on to your butts for the autopsy. The autopsy, yes. <laughs> a seasoned sheriff investigates a dead body in the woods and calls on his old pal, a medical examiner, to help piece together a series of chilling events. Woo. This one here was like, this is, I'm going to say it now, this is, was my favorite one of this, this season of the show. If, if I had to quickly appraise it, I would almost say my second favorite. Because mm-hmm. I know I have my favorite in my mind, and I, maybe my second or third favorite. Mm-hmm. But it is, it is really good. Mm-hmm. It's directed by David Pryor, and he is not a super well-known director yet, but mm-hmm. definitely keep an eye out for him. He directed a movie, a horror movie recently called The Empty Man. And bad name aside, because it sounds like one of those cheapo Blumhouse horror movies like By My Man or something, (laughs) it's it's anything but. The Empty Man is a legit, really good existential horror film. Mm -hmm. And I think it's on HBO Max right now. You should definitely go see it. Okay. Um, And then as far as the the story itself, uh, it's gory because there are several autopsies that are performed. You know what I mean? A ton. Hence the name. And it yes. was really realistic looking. Like, it wasn't overly bloody per se, no. but I, I it, really legitly thought they were cutting into bodies. I was right. like, whoa. Yes. The sound design and mm-hmm. everything. And we got veteran actors in this. We got yeah. Glenn Turman, Black All- All-Star, mm-hmm. F. Murray Abraham. I mean, mm-hmm. Amadeus, come on. Mm-hmm. Like, I, it, 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 to me, I was like, how do they get these folks? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? <laughs> it was really cool to see. Right, and the story was like it's the story was well paced. If you like a good mystery, yes, a good yeah. good crime mystery too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like for this sure one. sci-fi and crime. 
Yeah, a good mix of sci-fi and crime for mm-hmm. sure. Loved yeah. it. Yeah. Five. Five out of five. Ten. 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 <laughs> yeah. Ten, 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 ten. Ten, out, ten out of five. <laughs> ten out of five. <laughs> That's our rating. Yeah. All right. Um, the next one is the outside. Longing to fit at work, awkward Stacy begins to use a popular lotion that causes an alarming reaction while unnerving transformation begins mm. to take shape. What do you think of this one? I liked it. It did not go in a direction that I thought it would. Mm-hmm. I was not expecting it to end the way that it did. I was expecting more body horror than it gave. So if mm-hmm. you're turned off by, especially the directing, the the harsh close-ups, the kind of sickly uneasiness in which they kind of film conversations and events. Mm-hmm. Don't be too much if you don't like body horror because it doesn't go into it as as far as you think it would. Yeah. Uh, however, wow! Like mm. I, it just kept surprising me. Like towards the middle and on, I was mm-hmm. like, "What is happening?" <laughs> <laughs> right. And this um, is directed by Anna Lily Amrapour, which again, she's a, a fairly unknown director yet, mm-hmm. but she also did a film recently called I think it was 2014, "A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night." Something mm. you should see. Okay. Okay. For sure. Um, with this one, it was a funny story. And yes. like you said, I, I, I didn't know where it was going. And I thought it was going to be more body, body horror related. Um, but also, I really liked the music in this one. Yeah. The music was pretty cool in this. I, like, it, it, it kind of didn't match, but did match in a way. So like certain certain songs that they used, especially towards the end, it's, 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 it blends with the actual story, though. It does. And the music is, even the licensed music, is not overused or right. gauche. You know how, like, you watch a teen movie and, like, mm-hmm. it's set in the 90s and you hear, like, three different popular 90s songs in two minutes. Right. It's nothing like that. Mm-mm. In fact, a lot of these uh, episodes in this anthology are period pieces. Mm-hmm. And they do yeah. a really good job embodying the feel of those time periods not only with the direction, but with, like you said, the sound design and the music, for mm-hmm. sure. This one's, mm-hmm. I, I believe, in the 80s, it feels like. Yeah. Um, so, but with this one, I give it a 7. I gave it a 7 because I was, like I, like you said, again, I was expecting that body horror. I was like, something about to creep me out, but yeah. nothing happened. I was like, oh, okay, well, yeah. It was a different kind of creep at the yeah. end, for sure. Yeah. I was like, um. <laughs> yeah, it was more of a, like, like you know, a, a, a woman's desire of, and 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 what would she do to get that desire? Yeah, and you know um, that speaks to I think what's cool about this anthology. Everybody's going to have a different scariest episode, mm-hmm. and this is definitely the scariest for probably a lot of people. And I would venture a guess a lot of women, to be honest, because it speaks right. to a lot of themes that mm-hmm. women wrestle with, or I mean, people in general, really, when it comes to body image. Right. Uh, I would probably give it like a. Th- three out of five closer to a four than a two mm-hmm. uh, i don't think it's terrible by any means it's not my go-to that i would recommend as far as being emblematic of the entire show still pretty solid right okay all right number five this one reminds me of tales from a crypt the story from tales from the crypt <laughs> peakman's model Peakman's model <laughs> a young art student meets a macabre painter named peakman who turns his world upside down after seeing his unspeakable creations. Macabre is apt because 
oh my god, this dude is so edgelord. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the Pikmin's played by Crispin Glover, which I yeah. think always turns in a really like creepy performance when he wants. I think to. he played everyone creepy. Like I know, even if he's tr- playing a straight man, even straight if he's in a comedy, a little bit creepy, right? Remember when he was in Hot Tub Time Machine? He was the bellhop who lost his arm. Yep. You so he creepy. Was, he was the, the villain in uh, Charles Angel when he's sniffing, sniffing the, the, the angel's exactly. hair. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this, can I tell you, this was my favorite. This, this one, one scared me the most. Yes. This one did This one did give me jump scares. This one sure. freaked me the fuck out. Yeah. Like, it wasn't even jump scares. I mean, there were yeah. definitely those, but it was just uncomfortable yeah so uh this one's directed by keith thomas who i have not seen their most famous film which is the vigil but now i want to because mm-hmm. i want to see like how their eye for this hp lovecraft story mm-hmm. uh translates to their the something that they actually wrote right um but it, it's just there's definitely themes of madness you know which is very uh obviously uh, present in all of H.P. Lovecraft's work is witnessing or experiencing something so profoundly inhuman mm-hmm. or cosmic that it breaks your brain. Right. This is like an Alfred Hitchcock movie, too. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, I mean, the images that they show in the way that they depict, because it's very art-themed, obviously, mm-hmm. and the way that they depict the art and then the mental effect that that art has on the people that view it, and the end, I totally guessed the end. You, you know what? It? Like, oh. as soon as he gets home, I was like, I know exactly what's happening right now mm-hmm. immediately because, one, because I've probably read this story in some shape or form because I've, you know, dove into Lovecraft lore before. But, but two, it just feels very in the mouth of madness, like something that you would do. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you witness this kind of darkness, this kind of horror, like, that's the place it takes you to. Right. Uh, so, I, I just, okay. I understand the movies you know supposed to be this mind bending short but i i didn't like the editing in a way a little bit oh yeah like certain certain scenes i was like he's old one minute he's young one minute oh you know they 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 didn't edit it out they didn't edit it out correctly for me to realize what's going on now well, that's interesting because I, I thought they did because I know what you're talking about. There's mm-hmm. some time jumps. Right. I mean, they jump forward and they, they clearly mark it, right? They're like mm-hmm. 1925, you know? Yeah. Uh, but they do jump backwards in a dream sequence. Right. And I thought they did a good job with his, his design and costume because they gave him facial hair and they, they grade his hair. Right. And so when, when he wakes up out of bed without his mustache, I'm like, oh, shit. Like, you know what right. I mean? I was like, shouldn't he just be, like, his normal self in the dream, too? But why he has to be younger? So that kind of confused me in a way. The way I interpreted it, and uh, we could probably get deeper into this offline, too. Mm-hmm. But I, I interpreted it as the point in which he received the particular madness that themes this episode. Mm-hmm. And so it, it basically haunted him throughout his life or just immediately zipped him back to that point. Okay. Because, again, you'll notice that when it comes to this episode and the horror in it, it's themed after art viewings and the horror then uh, takes place based on the theme of the painting that caused it. Mm-hmm. So since he saw the painting at a certain age... And the dream was about that particular painting. That's why I think it brought him back to that time versus gotcha. another painting he saw when he was older. That, that's okay. my interpretation. Okay. But again, we're getting too much in the plot here. We don't want right. to ruin it for people. Okay. Then, then another thing is, 
I was trying to figure out why he why it was him being so affected by the piece and not others. That's a good point. That is a good point. I thought about that too. I mean, because others were obviously yeah, they were, eventually. but like 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 case in point, the um, the the top tiers of the school. Yeah, when look they at did it, the review like, of his work. We don't like this. Get out. Get, get this out of here. Go. Well, we don't know what Pikmin showed them. Did they? Did Pikmin show them his regular stuff? Mm-hmm. That's also hardcore for sure. Right. Or did he show them one of the big boys? Yeah. Because it seemed like whatever he painted, Homeboy was like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> yeah. He showed the big boys definitely in his you know his final exhibit, and then to the direct main character, right. right. And then he sent a big boy to the main character's house. Right. Uh, but I don't think all of his paintings held the same power. I think there were gradients. There mm-hmm. were some that kind of edged the darkness. And there were others that plunged immediately into it. And, I mean, the whole theme is, like, paint what you see, which means mm-hmm. that you have an artist's eye. And I think an artist with the skill and the eye, like the main character, to appraise art mm-hmm. can almost immediately cut through the veil and see what's really there. Whereas your average layman may not. That also could explain, you know, mm-hmm. the selective, uh, the selective madness that people mm-hmm. had, perhaps. Right. I kind of thought that he was like a descendant of that group, in a way. That could be. That could be. Yeah. yeah. Some like some uh, some unexplained lore there for sure. Yeah. I just, man, I was just along for the ride in his <laughs> shoes. I was yeah. just like, run, run, <laughs> run away now. <laughs> burn this, burn these pieces to the ground. <laughs> burn it all. Burn it down to the ground. Yeah. Um, what do you give Peak Man's five, Model? Five, five out of five. Five Dude, out of five. Favorite episode, scariest episode. Okay. Yeah, scariest episode for sure. Um, I'll give it an eight, though. Yeah. Right okay. on. Alright, um, number six, Dreams in the Witch House. Years after his twin sister's death, a researcher ventures into the dark, mysterious realm with the aid of a special drug determined to bring her back. Mm. 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 This one is, this, um, this has to be the, the worst one. <laughs> In my opinion, it is too. Uh, yeah. It's not. It's not terrible. But what's funny no. is it's also a story by H.P. Lovecraft. So it's mm-hmm. funny how how one director can take you know the same kind of material from the same writer one direction. Mm-hmm. This one felt, which is funny because Rupert Grint is the star. So you have Ronald Weasley from Harry Potter, right? Right. And this one almost felt very Harry Potter at its scariest, mm-hmm. which is still for children. Yeah, even the ghost, even the spirit of the girl, like had that same, like Harry Potter vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, it of was ghost and stuff. Yeah. It was very Scooby Doo villain, right? Um, and there was real threats for sure. There were very oh, yeah, real sure. consequences yeah. in this, but the way that it was framed, right? And what's interesting, and this is not a knock on her, because honestly, a lot of people like these films, and mm-hmm. I haven't watched them. They might actually be good. Who knows? Catherine Hardwick directed this. She is the original Twilight director. Ah, okay. So that may explain some of the tones, too, because it did feel like it was directed at a slightly younger audience, and it felt not out of place in this collection, but it was definitely one that was a little bit easier on the horror and more focused on the human story of a brother trying to find his sister. Right. Right. Yeah. So, And then, you know, that that ending. Not (laughs) The ending, I was like, what? 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 What was, yes. what was this all for? <laughs> the ending was very goosebumps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, you oh, know, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> basically. Yeah, 
<laughs> like it was kind of silly. In fact, uh, there's a character in it, which is funny because again, Ronald Weasley. Remember, he, his familiar was a rat. Right. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. Who ended up being a person, Peter Pettigrew. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say no more. Yeah. Yeah. It, <laughs> so. it, it, they, they, I see what they tried to do, but like, just if yeah. you, if you want to focus on the story itself, it was just out of whack to me. Yeah, I mean, again, not my favorite, not yeah. scary in the slightest, uh, not bad, just mm-hmm. not for me. Right. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, what do you give that one? I'd give it a two, closer to a three than a one. I okay. think it's just slightly less than average, and again, that that comes down to taste more than competency. Okay, um, four and a half. I did like the creature effects. Mm. Yeah. yeah, creature effects were cool. I'll, I'll give you that for mm-hmm. sure. And the lore. I thought it was an interesting way to talk about the afterlife and the different ways you can get there. For mm-hmm. sure. Also, I did like the um, the drug to get into that 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 realm. Can we sidebar about liquid <laughs> gold, please? Yeah, liquid gold. Okay, okay. So you're in the Society for Spiritualism, whatever the fuck they called it. The Spiritualist <laughs> Society, right? Right. Like your job is to seek out uh, supernatural, you know, supernatural yeah. bullshit in the mm-hmm. afterlife. You find a thing that can literally like expand your mind and help you find it, and they're like, "That's pseudoscience." Yeah, that uh, makes like oh, that makes tre- no sense. Yeah, they treated him like they were the New York Times, and he was coming up with like a conspiracy theory about nine eleven or something. I'm like, just try the drug; he's fine. <laughs> we're the Department of Supernatural Defense. We'll find anything. I found something. You're fired. <laughs> yeah, you're you're fired. Drugs. Come on, man. Come on, man. Like, yeah. like that isn't known among supernatural circles that like peyote and other types of drugs or like DMT can actually have right you know effects that can make your mind more open to supernatural experiences. Come on, man, right. that's common knowledge. Yeah, yeah. So that mm-hmm. was weird. Yeah, but okay, whatever. Um, I give it a four and a half. That one, a four and a half. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, next one, the viewing. Mm. <laughs> a, w- a wealthy recruit. <laughs> A wealthy, reclusive host accompanies four guests at his stylish mansion for a once-in-a-lifetime experience, but their intrigue soon turns into terror. With this, <laughs> this episode was this a once-in-a-lifetime experience. <laughs> exactly, once-in-a-lifetime. But it was good once in a lifetime. Oh my god! The Man. viewing is probably it's it's tying with autopsy is probably my second favorite. The the viewing. I was watching this thinking this is like a Quentin Tarantino film, but like if he got mature, right? This is like an eighties <laughs> vibe. They they had a I, great cast, good chemistry. I love the dialogue so much. They did all the drugs and wasn't like, expecting anything to happen. I know. I didn't know what was going to happen. Eric Andre, there's a lot of comedians in it. Eric Andre, right. Charlene Yee, like they're both really good comedians. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the, I can't, I don't want to ruin anything about this. No, no, no. But no. the mystery of collecting, like, this rich guy yeah, creating was... this fucking badass cool room. Right. Uh, and then collecting these people and going, you're all experts in your particular field. Mm-hmm. I respect your mind and I want to get you blown out of your ass high <laughs> and show you some wild shit and they were all like let's go right. and i was like yes let's go yeah and it did not disappoint i loved the the filter they put on this like mm-hmm. the weird kind of like the film grain there i've seen a lot of imitations of like 
old VHS tapes or right. you know, like B movies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, laser disc where it didn't quite translate. You could tell it was a filter. Mm-hmm. And this one came closer than than most. Yeah. I think this one is I think this was was the more far off mine <laughs> mine high induced craziness yeah. of all these episodes to me. But still coherent. Yeah, like as yeah. wild as it got, it was not hard to follow, no, and no, no. like there was a clear progression, a through line in this story, and it was good from start to finish for yeah. sure. I loved it, and it was so funny. It was funny and scary and weird and interesting. Yeah. Love it so much. Definitely, if I were to recommend an episode for people to watch, watch that. Uh, <laughs> it, it it would be Pikmin's model if you want to get scared, and the yeah. viewing if you just want to see some cool shit. Yeah. So. <laughs> Mindscape. <laughs> and hey, Panos Cosmatos, the director, he mm-hmm. directed Mandy. Man, oh, I can, I can see. See, that's yeah. I can see that. Yeah, all right yeah. now. Yeah, tell me this, that. this this collection is curated. Yeah, I can see that, but this was was more drug induced. Oh no, for sure, for, for sure. sure. Uh, so, but don't but Mandy was Mandy but hilariously, ex- but Mandy was way off the. Yeah, yeah. Off the this was chart. this was definitely somebody stepped in and like we're just gonna we're gonna uncrazy this just a little bit, just a little Panos, bit. just yeah. a little. <laughs> but we still gonna add a little crazy in it. No, no, no. You, we, you put your stamp of approval on it. We're just yeah. we're just gonna we're gonna pull it back. <laughs> <laughs> what do you give this episode? Five out of five. Five out of five. Ten out of five. Okay, I get. <laughs> I give it a nine. Okay. The only reason why I gave it a nine was because. <laughs> because it was too weird for me and it wasn't really on screen as much as I wanted him to be like mm. the driver yeah that driver yeah. was weird he was weird and I wanted more of him to be I wanted him to be in the group more mm, instead okay. of him being in, you know he, he came towards the very end but in the beginning but I wanted I loved him, him listening to Doobie Brothers while they exactly. were in there, like just like having like an intense experience that too just, like, that too and he just started, like that's what I'm like, like he's weird why would, why he's not more in the group you know what I'm saying cause like he he goes he comes in towards when everything start going crazy yeah but yeah I understand that he was just a driver but yeah that's why I gave it nine but um let's go to the next one alright the last, last one last one yeah. The murmuring, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, mourning the lost. Oh, I'm I'm gonna picture this <laughs> ornithologist. Ornithologist. I, I was gonna say that study of birds. Ornithologist. Study of birds. Nancy and Edgar flock to a secluded home to flock study. To. Flock. Flock to. I say flock. Get the no no. You said it right. It's just the pun. Get the fuck out of here. Flock. Okay. <laughs> Flock to a secluded home to study Dunlins, but the house history reveals heartbreak and horror. This one was a very, you know, uh, more sentimental story out of all of them. Which makes sense. It makes complete sense to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is directed by Jennifer Kent. She directed The Babadook. In oh. fact, Essie Davis, which plays the mom, she played the mom in the Babadook as well. Ooh, Babadook was, was, was and the husband's movie. played by Andrew Lincoln, which mm-hmm. uh, played Rick in The Walking Dead. Coral, Coral, he was good. He was yeah. really good in this. They were both really good, but yeah. I was surprised because I hadn't seen him act in a whole bunch of stuff right. outside of that. Uh-huh. 
and I, I really did feel for him and them mm-hmm. trying to connect after tragedy and loss. Right, because he was uh, all in the fields, and she was trying to get out of the fields. Yeah, I was emotionally invested, and mm-hmm. I was just like, just dance with him. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, uh, Dunnings, by the way, the, the birds that they use in this, mm-hmm. uh, they really do weird shit, like what they, they show in the in the, in the the yeah, episode. Yeah, for sure. You know? <laughs> and I thought that their inclusion, I mean, again, if you look at the Babadook critically, it is an allegory for grief. Mm-hmm. It you know it's it's something that you can't really ignore, you can't get past. Right. Uh, when when it hits you, you have to you you either go crazy from it or you mm-hmm. learn how to live with it. And that's I mean not to ruin the movie, but that's essentially kind of how it goes. Right. And you see that play out in horror fashion. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this too swapping out one family member for another was an allegory about how a person can deal with grief and closure and being ready to move on right Right. Mm -hmm. so this is i mean it was using horror as a backdrop and a ghost story as a backdrop but like you said it was a more emotional human story so if you want to want show an episode of this to to a kid or Mm -hmm. to somebody who's not typically super into horror films i think this would be a good episode to show true true and if someone dealing with loss it's a great story as well yeah guillermo del toro wrote this actually Mm, okay yeah Yeah, that kind of it kind of reminds me of What's the name of that movie he wrote with um with Loki? It's the it's the one where it's like this old period haunted house. Talking about Pan's Labyrinth? Oh no 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 no, no. I know no. what you're talking about now. Uh I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, I forgot I remember the, the movie either. Yeah, the um the actor that plays Loki, which what is his name? I should know his name. Tom uh, Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh and yeah, I wish I could remember the movie, but you're right, it's a Victorian period piece. Right. And they're in a haunted house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and it does honestly remind me a lot of that too, as far as like theming is concerned, not really visuals right. so, so far, but yeah, 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 totally, man. Mm-hmm. Totally. Uh, I wish I could remember the name of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> what do you give, uh, the murmuring, the murmuring, the I, murmuring. I give it probably like a three closer to a four than a two. Uh, again, not one that I was scared by at all. No, no. Uh, it was still interesting and heartfelt, and I thought, you know, it wasn't what I came for. I came for the horror, and I mm-hmm. got a different story. Not necessarily a bad story, but... Right. Um, just something that you wasn't expecting. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think it's bad at all, just not particularly for me. Right. Okay. Uh, with this one, I gave it an eight. I really like the story. I really like the... Right on, man. The, the story about loss and grief and and mm-hmm. is 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 relatable it's just it's for relatable. sure some people don't want to deal with it and some people just want you to deal with it but yeah, you gotta this, deal with it on your time but yeah this episode sparked a very long conversation with me and my partner like we were talking yeah. about mm-hmm. uh just loss and grief and how different people deal with it you mm-hmm. know because we, we've been through our own you know struggles because we've been married for over a decade right and you know, there are things that can happen to a couple that can bring them closer or split them apart. And I find mm-hmm. it so fascinating how different people react to similar situations. Mm-hmm. So. And this one hit home because of the person that died that related to them. So, yes, it was, it was real yeah. hard. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. OK, so overall, MC, what do you give this first season? Hopefully there's more yeah. of Cabinet of Curiosities. 
Five out of five, man. Five out I, it's, of five. It's one of the best shows I'm going to see this year. I can mm-hmm. already call it. Uh, and I, I'm, I fully endorse the idea behind it, and mm-hmm. I fully endorse the amount of effort and passion that went into it, and okay. the fact that it's highlighting directors that I like. The one that directed the Vigil, I, I, I want to see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of Pikmin's model, I now want to see the Vigil, and I want to follow that director. And I'm hoping some of these other directors, like the guy that directed the Autopsy, that he gets more clout, and yeah. you know, people start to go see his movie as well. Because The Empty Man was great, and I can't sing its praises enough. So I love everything about the concept of this show. More, please. Okay. All right. All right. Um, overall, the the first half was like great. And then, like, it's just started going down some towards the later half. Yeah. But even though it did, all of the all of the stories was good and mm-hmm. unique, and I didn't like like you know skip nothing. I just kept watching. So I'm definitely ready for a season two. Also, it's Guillermo del Toro. I I like when every time he stepped into frame out of the dark it reminds me of his character in death stranding so every time i see him, i was like this dude just he reminds me of alfred hitchcock in a way like this this the, the way he just stepped in the frame yeah and all that he, tell his story he's got a very similar vibe just coming in like yeah, yeah. an artist modem is often paint yeah. what you see well, what happens when what you see is in the dark and i was like okay Guillermo. we'll find out in that 36 <laughs> and today's away. story and then you have the carving of the director like i like that the carving really of cool. the director is pretty cool yeah no the whole concept is awesome i love it yeah mm-hmm. all right uh i gave it a nine the season i gave the season a nine of captain of curiosities super fair yeah all right moving on to the, our review of the game cyberpunk 277 yeah, emphasis yes. on the review. Review, <laughs> review. Because this is a game that came out, and then you could argue came out again. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, basically came out again. Yeah, came out awful, and then revised itself, and ah, like, to be yeah. less awful. Yeah, but still, you know, not, <laughs> no, not that we're great. we're gonna get into it, and I mean, I I think it is great, but mm-hmm. I think you it, expectations need to be tempered. But uh, that's true. It was. I mean, you, you probably yeah. beat it more recently than me. What? What, do, what are your? Honestly, thoughts? I did not beat the game yet. Oh, okay. I'm. I, I think I am like on a cusp of beating it. Yeah. The story. How much time have you spent with it? I think I've been playing all the story. The, the side missions is the, is the best part of this this game. All Agreed. side stories is. I think I've been so far into the side stories that I'm not. That's the reason why I didn't beat the game yet because of the side missions i love the side missions mm. yeah and you, I, I assume you mean the scripted storied ones with named yes. characters and not just like the clear out this warehouse no 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 i'm talking about like like actual stories like the, the mayor uh, issues the mm. the the detective and mm. they and they and they oddly kind of connects in a way some of them do but uh some of them don't but yeah, just a unique story of each and every one of them is is, is fascinating. That's the only reason why I haven't beat the game yet. Yeah. yeah. I uh so if if you would like, if if uh listeners are interested, I played this at launch and mm-hmm. I streamed my entire experience on Twitch. I can send you a playlist from mm-hmm. the YouTube channel where I, I upload the streams okay. if people are interested in watching me, but at launch, I played on PS5, the PS4 version, and mm-hmm. it crashed 
more than a couple dozen times during mm. my entire playthrough. Probably at a regular pace every couple hours or so. And then that time started to get a little extended as they were adding in patches as I was playing it. Now, did uh, you haven't been playing the game recently, but do they do they still did the same thing as loading the save automatic saves after each say you had that crash right hmm. and say you was far in the mission does it does it bring you all the way back to the beginning of the mission or does it frequently automatically saves to the point to where I you gotcha. don't even know yeah, yeah does it have checkpointing basically yeah 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 and you know what i actually have played it recently in anticipation of the fact that we were going to talk about this okay so uh let me explain kind of the initial disappointment and then what was updated and what hasn't been so we were promised the moon during the run-up to its release. Yeah. Uh, you know, there are a lot of systems in play, a lot of um, watchdogs-level hacking that didn't make it in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, smart bullets that could ricochet around corners and do wild shit that didn't really pan out. Mm-hmm. The combat is solid, and I would still say that because of the cybernetics and the different powers that you can use, you almost feel like a like a brain dancing wizard because <laughs> everybody has electronics in your head. And once you learn that you can shut those down or overheat them, mm-hmm. you could clear an entire area of enemies without stepping out of your car if mm-hmm. you wanted to. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Uh, which is, I can't really say that for most other games. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. It's not quite what we thought it would be. And, of course, it came out riddled with bugs and crashes and errors and issues. Mm-hmm. It's been mainly fixed. I have yet to have it crash. I have seen a couple of bugs in my recent playthroughs, but nothing game-breaking mm-hmm. and nothing frequent. Near, not near as frequent as originally. Right. There have been patches to improve the immersion experience npcs have been patched to be more dense and a lot more varied not only in their appearance but also in the way they react to their environment right like in the original game you'd shoot a gun and every npc would do the exact same animation (laughs) at the exact same time (laughs) exactly it was like a flash mob (laughs) you know yeah. Uh, and so they, they fixed that. I mean, graphically, I think the console versions are just about on par with PC now. Like the mm-hmm. PS5 and the Series X, they look gorgeous. Mm-hmm. They intensified and kicked up the weather. I mean, you're, you're, you're getting Blade Runner vibes when you're mm-hmm. riding around your motorcycle on a rainy night. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's it, like to photograph the game and go in and find art, it, you can swing a dead cat and then hit art. <laughs> 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 to coin a Texas phrase. Yeah. Um, there are a small amount of new missions that you may or may not notice, even if you played the original, but the cool thing is they have integration in the older ones, like mm-hmm. events maybe mentioned that weren't initially uh, available, characters, that type of thing. The fixer missions, the side missions, have much better rewards, so it mm-hmm. actually feels better to use them. You get stuff that's useful to you throughout the gameplay, like better cars and guns and shit. Yeah. Um, they have the new system, which is not, you know, super new, because, like, you know, Outriders does this and a few other games, but now if you sell your clothes, you can still keep the design of the clothes. So in order to wear the best equipment, you don't have to look like a six-year-old dressed you. <laughs> uh, you okay. can keep the look of, like, what outfit you like, but then right. have the super strong equipment underneath because you can just wear the outfit skin, so to speak, right. yeah, yeah, even yeah. if you even if you trash the gear, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. You can finally change your face and hair, which you should have been able to do from jump, but you know yeah, they finally true. patched that in. Yeah. 
Uh, driving has been kicked up and feels better. It's less GTA 4 and more GTA 5, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot that have, has been tweaked, but the, the main strength of this game still remains, like you had alluded to, is the writing and the mm-hmm. missions. Uh, uh, a lot of the main missions, especially the side missions. Some of the side missions in this, uh, there's one in particular about a, a prisoner who wants to crucify himself at um, Sinner Man, I think is right. what it's called. Yeah. And you can so easily miss this mission. The way you start this mission is you're contracted to kill somebody who's being transported by the police. Mm-hmm. But if you hang back and wait just a second and you don't kill them right away, mm-hmm. it shifts into this mission that you could completely miss. Yeah. And it's Something on par. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. That, that story was definitely i wasn't expecting that to be in this type of you know this futuristic type of game this 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 type of story of a man trying to do this brain what it was like he was trying to record a brain dance of him being crucified right yeah he i don't want to ruin it too much because i think it's really profound people should experience it for Mm -hmm. themselves yeah but it it was about a prisoner who found religion and he was trying to find a way to repent and it was basically being commercialized and monetized by a network station. Right. And so you're wrestling with like how to support him. If this is even a good idea, how much you're going to participate. Uh, you know, it, 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 it just, it really stuck to my ribs. And as far as like side missions go along with like, you know, in the Witcher three, when you did the whole side quest of the bloody Baron, Mm it's just, it's going to stay with me the rest of my life. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So when it, when it's strong, it's strong. And mm-hmm. I highly recommend that if anybody hasn't played it, now probably would be the time to go ahead and dive in. Yeah. I recommend it too. For sure. Um, what do you think the, the 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 city landscape of Night City? I think it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I would like it to be more interactive than it is. Mm-hmm. However, as far as the design of the city, there's so much to it as far as the art and the different, you know, unique locations and the way that, again, the, the, the behavior of NPCs and how they've kind of changed the interactivity of the city. Mm-hmm. You really can get fully immersed in just driving around and exploring and having a good time. Like, it definitely has, uh, just like The Witcher 3, it's got a lot of filler and side missions. Right. And I wish they signposted the, you know, more legacy or intensely written or interesting missions apart. But that's the thing. That's what's so fun. Mm-hmm. You can go trolling for side missions or conflicts and then stumble onto something a lot more interesting and rare and not even know it. That's like true. they are brave enough to hide some of their best shit in something that people will never see if they don't explore. Mm-hmm. So there, mm-hmm. there is that. And I think there's something to be said about chewing through this game slowly, kind of like what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I would encourage you to continue to do that because I feel like it's, that's the best way to experience it. Yeah. I think that's kind of like, you know, you, you have to experience it like that because like some storylines won't like they, they would they would erase. Right. Like, say you do. No, there's definitely missable quests. Right. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Yes. Mm hmm. And so you want to be, I mean, don't worry too much about it because you can always go back and play it again. And it's encouraged because there are several different endings. In mm-hmm. fact, I would make a few saves towards the end so that way you can try out a few of them without having to play through the entire game. Okay. But even like the romance options, I played as both a male and a female V. And I, I think the female V story is better because you get to romance that detective as well as Judy. And both of their romance options and like quote unquote dates mm-hmm. are some of the best missions in the game. Oh, okay. 
uh, everything surrounding the detective because there's like a murder mystery that you have to solve with him as well. But Mm -hmm. if you get a chance to date him and then you get a chance to date Judy, both of them are like the female V dating options and Mm -hmm. they're fantastic. Okay. Um, In the beginning of the game, does the storyline stay the same if you're Nomad or... Oh, you mean like yeah, Nomad, Street Kid, or Corpo? Yeah. Yeah, that's probably one of the weaker, or I would say underdeveloped elements, because while you occasionally do get different dialogue options, it mm-hmm. does not have an effect at all in the larger story. Okay. If you're not going to play it multiple times... At the risk of uh, sounding like a narc, uh, you should probably play Corpo. <laughs> like, uh, because it's just the most interesting opening. The Nomad is the weakest, and the Street Kid is kind of mid. So okay. uh, I hate to say it, but the Corpo is definitely the more interesting option if you're, if you're wanting a bombastic opening. Okay. Um, but, you know, outside of like, you know, if you're talking corporations, the Corpo might have an extra dialogue option. If you're talking some street shit, then, mm-hmm. you know, yada, yada, yada. Okay. Other than that, it, ha- it really has no bearing. Don't worry yourself too much about the backstory. It's not going to matter. Okay. Well, I went with Nomad, but yeah, okay. All right. Yeah. Unfortunately, you went with the weakest open. <laughs> Go back and start the game again a couple times just to see the others. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um, are they supposed to be doing a some kind of co-op thing? Or, or it was just, a, just another DLC? I'm just getting that mixed up. Well, there there is DLC coming. I haven't heard personally of a co-op option. That would be interesting. Mm-hmm. But I, I think, you know, of the slate of projects that CD Projekt has released, they're looking forward on Cyberpunk and definitely keen to get the next Cyberpunk game out, which I honestly do believe will be a lot better now that the, after the foundation built and the lessons learned. Mm-hmm. Which, if you look back at the history of the Witcher franchise, it was kind of the same thing. It's just mm-hmm. they restarted when they moved to a different IP. It right. feels like. Okay. And speaking of restarting, they are remaking the original Witcher in Unreal Engine Five. I'm mm. excited about that as well. Okay, so, all right, yeah. that's gonna be good. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, overall, Cyberpunk 2077. What do you give? It's so hard to rate this game because its Mm -hmm. highs are so high and its lows can be low, especially during launch. Yeah, that's true. However, because there are a large handful of unmissable experiences and because there really is no other game out there like it, despite the similarity of its parts, Mm -hmm. as a sum, I I highly recommend that people go out and check it out. Plus, it's super cheap unless they raise the price after the Netflix show. Super cheap. Uh, But yeah, usually you can get it for like 10, 15 bucks. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of places you can download it for even cheaper, especially if you want to play on PC. I would probably rate the game itself as a four out of five purely based on the strength of its combat, its art, and its storytelling. Okay. Eight and a half for me. All what you said, but um, some there still are some glitches. I know, <laughs> even yeah. though even though I'm not being taken out of the whole game and got to restart it, there's some some character <laughs> some characters still do these little glitchy moves or just mm-hmm. or just like like do a ghost move where they just stand there, but they're certainly moving around for some odd reason during. The um the um 
during the uh, movie movie um yeah like the cutscenes have cut scenes, yeah. odd animations for sure like yeah. people stand up in the middle of a car rather than like right open the door yeah <laughs> <laughs> but man do the original like go look at my my playthrough you'll, you'll i'll be in the club and everybody's t-posing i'm like <laughs> bruh it's it's night and day better <laughs> like, oh, i bet i bet yeah yeah so I'll, 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 I'll kick you that link in case you want to use it. But okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. It's time to put your face in this. Uh, Ooh, put yeah. your face. MC, what you got to put your face into? Oh, this week. Okay. Have you heard of the world's smallest type of pasta called pastina? Pastina. It sounds familiar, but I didn't have it yet. Pastina is not something you can easily find at the store. I know because I tried. Mm-hmm. I had to end up ordering it online. But it, mm-hmm. it wasn't expensive or anything. Is it from a different country? Well, no, although it is considered an Italian comfort food. Mm-hmm. But again, pasta is Italian, right? Mm-hmm. No, you can get American-made pastina. It, the, the classic kind of uh, traditional pastina actually looks like itty-bitty tiny stars. Mm. And because it's tiny pasta, it cooks up more like uh, couscous than, than noodles, right? Mm-hmm. So you can usually cook it with like butter, milk. Some people use water, but I definitely think this is something you should use broth. Because like, you know, using you know, like say broth with gallo pintos and rice, broth with pastina really elevates the flavor. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's like porridge, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's comfort, tasty, delicious food. Some people put olive oil on top, maybe some Parmesan cheese or Asiago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is super quick to make. It's cheap to buy. It's easy. And it's probably going to become a staple, I think, here in the household. Okay. I've tried a little bit of it so far and I have yet to make like a grand dinner of my family. I got some veggies I want to throw into it, make like mm-hmm. a, a pastina surprise. Uh, <laughs> pastina surprise. Uh, but yeah. definitely, y'all, if you haven't heard of it before, uh, look it up, get you some, try it out, put your face in it. I don't think that you're going to be disappointed. Okay. All right. What you putting your... Oh, wait, wait. Put your face in this. <laughs> I, I did the line. Yeah, I did the line. <laughs> hit um, the line. What you putting your face in? I'm putting my face into Andor. I really really mm. digging this star wars series it's like basically like a adult version of star wars is is you gotta worry about no jedis no mandalorians just rebels and empire politics and espionage and action go watch andor you won't be disappointed i'm gonna yeah, say it's the best one it's 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 the best star wars it's surprisingly the best Star Wars show. I'm gonna say it's over Mandalorian. That's a bold statement. By a by a notch, though. Wow. By a notch, because it's a story. See, I'm a little gun shy when you say politics in association with Star Wars, because all I can think is we vote of no confidence in trade federation it, chancellor. <laughs> it's, we it's, we vote <laughs> no confidence. It has, hilariously enough. It has, this is the most human on human interaction throughout all of Star Wars. Like you. Oh, yeah. We like rarely, human on human. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You rarely get, <laughs> you you see a, 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 a alien every now and again, but there's no characters that, no no serious characters that's that's really alien. It's like, it's dealing with. Um, it's a lot of human themes. It's a lot of human it. things that, that deals with today. So yeah. I think you should, I think you enjoy it. Also, the yeah. characters. It's a, it's a lot of characters that I, that I'm digging in this in this whole series. 
Well, I was going to pass it over just because of the bad taste in my mouth that mm-hmm. um, Obi-Wan show put. Mm-hmm. But uh, after your recommendation, you know what? I'm going to check it out. I'll let you know what I think. Check uh, out at least, least the first episode. First yeah, episode. at least the first episode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, me intrigued. Mm-hmm. Andor. Right. Andor. Put your face in this. Andor. <laughs> Andor. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's time to slip it down. <sighs> slip it down, MC. Mm. Positive. Chakra. Chakra. Yeah. MC, you got the rings for this episode. All right. Today, for today's episode of Positive Chakra, we're going to do a quote from the previous president, former president Theodore Roosevelt. Theodore says, Comparison is the thief of joy. Let me say it again for people in the back. I said, comparison is the thief of joy. Mm-hmm. What do you think like about that, that one? I like that one. Yeah. Comparison is the thief of joy. You ever be having a good day? You be walking around just feeling yourself, and then you think about somebody else who's doing better than you, and all of a sudden your life sucks. <laughs> <laughs> your life was just so great till so you see somebody getting yeah. doing better. <laughs> Yeah, comparison is the thief. It's the thief of joy. Uh, what I would posit to you listeners out there, especially if you struggle with comparison like I have in the past, mm-hmm. and I think we all can because we're so connected now because of the internet. Any any time you're doing something, you're a click away from seeing somebody do it way better than you. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't compare yourself to others. Mm-hmm. Everybody has their own journey. If anything, compare yourself to yourself. Exactly. And I, I promise you, most of the time you're going to be happy. And if you're not, you're going to at least be inspired to do better. And also, you could be mad at yourself, so you can't be mad at anyone else. <laughs> I try to. That's the, that's the number one thing I try to do. I try to blame myself for my own self. And not, I, I, I try not. I tend not to worry about anyone else. Just me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm my own worst enemy. <laughs> no, there, so, there's something to be said about yeah. looking inward. Um, I don't want to. I'm, I'm, we're, we're getting dangerously close to bootstrap territory. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't want to say that there aren't systemic or outside forces that can work against you or bring you down. Right. Uh, but at the same time, don't let that take you to a point where you feel like giving up. And mm-hmm. always remember that you've come really far. And if you keep trying, you can get even further. Mm-hmm. So don't compare yourself to other people that will bring you down every single time. Just uh, keep, keep your blinders on and mm-hmm. stay on your own path. Mm-hmm. You'll be all right. Or just think of it like this: Everyone has problems. You just haven't seen their problem. You just weren't. You just know your problem. You know that's true, man. That grass looks greener, but let me tell you, it's purple. <laughs> it's purple. It's not even green. It's not even green. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. It's time to yell outs before we head out. MC, if you got any shout outs, let them know. Sure. All right. Well, uh, big shout out to you, GP and AD. Thank you so much for befriending us in our podcast and communicating with us in the last couple of years like our life definitely i know my life has been elevated just by knowing you guys and i appreciate every time you invite me on the show i have such a good time um i want to give a shout out to our network podcast that we've been working with in the past couple of months gamer friends mm-hmm. uh the link tree that i can provide gives a link not only to our show but to gamer friends and more importantly our discord so, folks, if you don't use Discord, let me try to sell you on it. A lot of people are side-eyeing Twitter. Elon Musk took over. They're not really sure about it. Mm-hmm. People are side-eyeing Facebook. Is it for boomers? Who knows? 
with Discord, you can download an app on your phone and then immediately be hooked up into a server with you and your buddies. Mm -hmm. And we have our own Discord server that you have a standing invite to come to. If you click on the link in our link tree, you get immediately invited in. There are different channels. If you're a Nintendo Switch player, but you can't ever find any friends to play Nintendo Switch with you, Mm -hmm. you can get into our Nintendo Switch channel and go, hey, anybody playing Splatoon? And then get into one of our voice channels and through your phone actually talk to other gamer friends and play the game with them. Maybe you want to get on there and chat about the backlog uh, show that I do where we go through and we play different games in our backlog together so we can finally finish them things. Kind of like a book club. Mm -hmm. Currently Outriders, right? Yeah, currently Outriders. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe you want to hop in and just chat gaming news or geek out about comic book stuff or Marvel. Like, There's going to be a channel in that Discord server for you, and I highly encourage you guys to check it out. Mm-hmm. Last time I was on the show, I talked about the relationship podcast my wife and I were going to work on called mm-hmm. Life, Love, and Relationship. Mm-hmm. Life, Love, and Relationship has its first episode out. We should have had the second one out by now, but Life, Love, and Relationship happens. So I'm going to need you to send me a link. i got to watch that. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to have that link in the link tree as well. So it will have his own link under our uh, Player 2 link tree if you guys want to check it out. We will have the second episode out eventually. We've done the research for it. And hopefully we'll eventually get on a schedule to get more episodes out. I hope you guys will tune in and enjoy it. And I think that about does it for me. All right. Um, happy birthday to Acoustics. Happy birthday, Acoustics. The heartbeat of the show, the music maker, the mm-hmm. beat maker. Um Congrats to the Astros winning their World Series against the Phillies. Go sports. Go Astros. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Rest in peace to take off from the Amigos. And also. That's a damn shame what happened to him. Yeah. Just just keep happening over and over. Anyway. um, Also, uh, surprising and sad. Rest in peace to Aaron Carter. Aaron Carter. 34 years old. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when he was first coming out i was he's a little baby yeah yeah Yeah, it's kind of messed up sad yeah but yes that's the only all my yells for this week um people we We did did it it. listen people hey we did it i don't know what recently you had the review of vhs you should check that out we had the spoiler cast of vhs with big w and Mm -hmm. that was good listen folks bam i got it that's just what we do and now it's time for us to pay some dues we will catch you all on the flippity flop. Peace and deuces. Take care.